share with you that this is the power. It's the power of God, but it's also the power of speaking faith, speaking a word of faith. Some of you remember before the month of September began that uh, we um, felt inspired, prompted by the Lord to speak to the church that we believe in the month of September and October, we're going to see at least 30 people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's even with us having gone a couple months without anybody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See, a word of faith brings something and causes something to begin to stir. That's why you've got to speak faith in your life as well. Come on. And, and not just speak it, but speak it and believe it with your mind. And put your faith behind the words that you speak. And uh, uh, I believe that Brother Howard, we're, we're kind of looking right now at Brother Howard coming back to be with us on the second Sunday of each month. And uh, for us taking... Uh, special interest in doing everything we can to do outreach and get people here that need the Holy Ghost. And then uh, we're uh, strategizing to best uh, follow up on those that have received it to see if there's anything else that they need, anything we can pray with them about, uh, to see them get baptized in the name of Jesus. And uh, some of you are here that uh, aren't able to come on Wednesday night, and uh, um, uh, we've been having powerful moves. I, I wasn't here this last Sunday, or Wednesday, I'm sorry, uh, because we were at a uh, general conference in Houston, but I understand that the service was very, very powerful, and there was a move of the Holy Ghost, and there was a gentleman that received the Holy Spirit uh, on that Wednesday night service. We're just going to continue in that same spirit of revival. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, Brother Howard has committed to be with us next Sunday, and uh, I believe we're going to also be able to have him Wednesday, which is just three days from now, to get us fired up and geared up and ready uh, for what's going to uh, uh, what's going to be happening this this uh, coming Sunday, and uh, also some of you that aren't able to come on Wednesday night, you haven't had the opportunity uh, to meet uh, Doctor Doctor Lynn, Doctor Charles Lynn, that God filled with the Holy Ghost while he was in the baptismal tank on Wednesday, and uh, so. If you haven't had a chance yet to welcome him into the family of God and the Life Church family, make sure you say hello to him. Such a great guy. And we've enjoyed getting to know him as well as many of others of you that are brand new here to Life Church. And uh, it's exciting to see each of you. And uh, today it's such a thrill to have uh, a great man of God, a great elder, and uh, a leader in my life. Uh, Pastor David Keller, who's most of you know that this is my wife, Sister Brown's father. Um, and before I say some nice things about him, I got to pause for a minute. The Bible says, "Give honor to whom honor is due." And uh, last week, well, a week a week and a day ago, my wife and I celebrated 11 years of marriage. Uh, uh, 11 years, and. Uh, and I don't know if you realize it or not, but uh, Sister Brown is such a key part of the ministry that we have at Life Church and the ministry that we've had in our lives. Uh, she's a sounding board. She is solid, and hardly a day goes by where I don't hear her voice echoing through the house. In prayer, maybe I'm falling asleep and she's in there praying. Uh, maybe it's in the afternoon she's in there praying. This is a woman of faith, and I promise you right now, my ministry would be nothing without someone like Sister Brown. 
as my partner, and I'm thankful for her. Amen. And she's solid. She's committed. She's not wavering. She's a person of faith, and she's a person of prayer. And you know what? That means so much to me. And uh, when I married a wife, I made the best choice of my life. Amen. You say, Pastor, you're getting brownie points today. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I just wanted to stop and tell you, let you guys know that uh, my ministry without my wife is nothing. Nothing. And I really mean that. So, in order for there to be a person like that, there has to be some wonderful influences in her life. And, of course, her parents, brother and sister Keller, are people of prayer. In fact, there are times when, and I, I know where my wife gets it, there are times when we've been visiting there in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where they reside and, and pastor. And, and the, the bedroom we stay is on the second floor. And there are times when I've heard my mother-in-law's voice echoing through the air conditioning system, not because she's yelling at her husband, but because she's in prayer. And, and you know what? This is awesome. This is what it takes. It takes men and women of prayer to have revival and to have a move of God and to raise your family in church. Amen. And to push back the enemy. And I, I appreciate that so much. And my father-in-law has led uh, the church in Fort Wayne, in Indiana, for almost 25 years now. And uh, he has served faithfully there. And that church has seen tremendous growth. Uh, there was a time when they were, like we are, trying to push up to 200. And uh, now um, hardly a Sunday goes by where they don't have five to 600 people on their Sunday service. Uh, almost the biggest majority of them that are first-generation Pentecostals, meaning they, they got the Holy Ghost in that church, they got baptized in that church and discipled in that church. And so that's why this man is one of the two elders in my life that can speak correctively to me at any time. And uh, this is the Scripture says that we are to be under authority and practice submission. And uh, this is uh, what I do to these men. And these are not men that will just pat me on the back and say, yeah, you're going okay. They'll stop and say, no, you need to work on this. This is a problem here. And I appreciate that. And I'm glad to have Brother Keller with us. Let's make him welcome right now. A man of faith, a great revivalist, and a solid pastor. Let's welcome him right now. Thank you, Brother Keller. of the Lord this afternoon. Amen. You have been standing for a while. Why don't you be seated and then we'll have you stand for the perhaps some reading of the Word. I, uh, I appreciate all the kind remarks. I just had to, was wondering for a while there who he was talking about. But uh, we, are, we are happy to be here. And I I hate to break the news to you folks, but but it's just a fact. Y'all need a building. You really need a building. My goodness. There's no room in the vestibule when you come in and try to navigate. There's no room hardly anywhere. And uh, visitors come in looking for a place to sit. And that's why I was glad that I could sit in the back today, just observe all of this. 
because we have been down the road. The dynamics are the same, and the fact is that you just you just need to move forward. And let me encourage you that that if okay, I'm not in Fort Wayne, but we just recently went through a capital stewardship campaign, and uh, and 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 the dynamics are all the same. You have some that are just faithful in the giving, some who are not. But let me encourage you to, if you made a faith promise, or not faith promise, but a capital stewardship pledge, to keep that pledge because the bills will come due. And in our location, we we have high operational cost because of the weather. And you might try this one on. Every month when the utilities come due, it's $13,000 just for utilities. And so that's why in, in respect here, that's why that I tell our people that the, the gas company is not going to send us a letter and say, you know what, you've been such good customers, we're just going to give you free gas from now on. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> and so I encourage you to really, really help take the pressure off of what is happening here and your, your move forward divinely uh, orchestrated by God. And just, just carry the load. Thank you. Amen. And uh, we just uh, really tried to get out of preaching here today. I, I wanted to make sure that Brother Kelly Howard could not be here. I tried him first, and that didn't work. And then I uh, tried to prevail upon Pastor Brown, and that didn't work. And uh, so here we go. But uh, I really commend this church. You folks have just really gotten in, rolled up your sleeves, went to work. And, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the spirit of worship that you have here is is a real rarity. You can come into this place on any given service, even like last Wednesday evening we were here. Such a powerful presence of God that is real, that is genuine, genuine. You don't have to be ashamed. Eleven years and three beautiful little girls later. My goodness. I guess I guess uh, it was a good thing I changed my mind, Brother Brown. And... <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you all something you didn't know now. Okay? I'm the one that picked him out for my daughter. <laughs> he was. We were at General Conference and thousands of people. And, of course, my daughter was uh, that age where she was just kind of, kind of, you know, wanting to get on with her life. I don't know why. Get away from our house. But... But she was, and, and then here I looked up the escalator, A.J., and saw Brother Brown coming down the escalator. And I turned to my wife, and I said, well, there's a nice, clean-cut-looking young man. And uh, what I didn't know was that he was stalking her.
So, three beautiful little girls later, we're happy it worked out like it did. Amen. Good to see all of you. We're going to get in here so we can get out and eat some lunch here in a little bit. And um, God bless you. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. I'll try not to preach a long time. I'm, I'm just, I just want to give you what I feel like the Lord has given us here today. Sister Shauna, you've been so kind to just keep playing here. We're going we're gonna to just put another quarter in and keep you playing for a few more minutes here. Okay? All right. I tell you what, as she is playing, you don't need to stand. We normally uh, stand our chair for the reading of the Word. But I, if you will indulge me here today, I, I, I want to read an entire chapter to you. Uh, the book of Hebrews chapter number 12 and let's pay very close attention as we read verse number 1 wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses that means those that have gone before us and those that have run the race let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us doing what? looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, which is the church, endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, the right hand denoting power. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, what, lest you become, lest you be wearied and faint where? In your minds. You have not re yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards or illegitimate children. You may have the right mother, which is a church, but the wrong father. See whom the father, uh, but if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Tell them I'm not available right now, kid. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was, re he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. For ye... 
And here's where I want you to really, really pay close attention. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. This is when they saw Moses going up on the mount and uh, the lightning and the thunder and so forth. The people were afraid. Verse 20, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with the dark. The judgment in the Old Testament was severe. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, which is the church, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church. Everybody say the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that it speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Everybody say amen. Thank you, Sister Shauna. Uh, let me, let me, before we get into this today, I have really felt impressed to to share this thought with you. And I'm not going to preach it, but just give you something to think about. In the Bible, um, the Lord Jesus addresses a woman with a spirit of infirmity. Uh, it does not say she had an infirmity. It says she had a spirit of infirmity. This means that there was something in her that was not firm. And if you will notice, it talks about spirit. And uh, I just, I believe, I, I, I particularly believe that, uh, that a lot of the illnesses that we are experiencing in our society are not a result of organic illnesses and um, and so forth, but many of them are a result of spiritual illnesses and spirits of infirmity that attack us from the outside, oppressing us in our spirit. And our spirit, I remind you, is made up of the mind, the will, the emotions. Where else will the enemy attack? Now, there are, of course, legitimate physical illnesses and so forth. That's why we have good doctors that help and treat in those areas. But I believe that a lot of hospitals would not be near as busy if we could recognize that many things come from spirits that we deal with in our society. And I want you to be focusing on that, praying about that when you pray, because sometimes when you deal with things, 
then healing will come in that area. Let me talk to you about the church today. I just I feel like that that it is imperative that we understand a little bit about the church. We are living in a time when many many churches in in America are are uh, downsizing and they are closing their doors uh, or they're emerging with others simply to pay the bills. But there are some churches like this church that are that are growing, that are thriving. And there is a reason because uh, of the definition of the church. Let me just give you a little background quickly before we jump into this. The New Testament word for church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, which simply means called out ones. This means that we are called out and chosen by God for a particular person. It also means an assembly of the redeemed. The church is not some dead entity, but the church is a living organism. It is alive. It, uh, it is the representative body of Christ upon the earth. Therefore, the church is not dead, but it is alive. For we are told that Christ is the head and the church is the body. Everything flows down from the head into the body and gives life into the body. That's why the church is not uh, is, is is not some uh, just some another business. It is not some fraternal organization. It is not a club such as the elks and the mooses and the cows and all that. But the church is the body of Christ. There is nothing upon the face of the earth like the church. It is not a corporation. It is not an enterprise. It is the called out ones by Jesus Christ. And let me let me remind you that everything that calls itself a church is not the church. Everything that has a sign out front that says church is not a New Testament church. And uh, search, uh, if we were to define church and what it is, perhaps we should first look and understand what a church is not. The church is not about social dinners, comedy acts, ball games, and entertainment. It is much more than all of these. It is about saving the lost, gaining deliverance for those that are bound, being healed from our afflictions, and becoming more like the body of Christ and being ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Would you put your hands together and thank God for the church? I'm glad I'm in the church today. Amen, amen, amen. Let me remind you that over 2,000 years ago, the church began on the day of Pentecost, endued with power. But let me also remind you that almost 2,000 years later, the consummation of the age of the Gentiles is going to end in great power that God has infused in the church. The church began with power. The church will end with power because it is the living body of Christ upon the earth earth. And so Christ is not, I remind you, coming back after some worn out, old, decrepit uh, uh, bride that has been drugged through the, the mud of the world and through the things of the world, but he is coming back after a blood-bought, blood-washed, a sanctified people that is called by his name. His church is not going to be dead. It's going to be alive. She's not going to be old. She's going to be 
young. Uh, she's not going to be decrepit, but she's going to be uh, uh, alive and vivacious uh, and full of potency and power when he comes. And so it is the church. There is nothing like the church on the face of the earth. The church has reserved for him, for him the, herself alone. She is not in love with the world. She is not chasing after false lovers. She is not indulging and pursuing after the pleasures of this world. The Bible says to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. The church is not here to be a part of the world, to look like the world, act like the world, be like the world, but the church is a pilgrim and a stranger that is passing through this world on its way to another world. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. We are pilgrims and strangers here. Would you thank God for that here again today? Amen, amen, amen. And so 2 Corinthians tells us in chapter 11, verse 2, For I am jealous, Paul said, over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you unto one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. We are, we are espoused to him and him alone, and we are to be a clean virgin that is espoused to him. There is just one God, I remind you today, his name is not Allah. His name is not Buddha. His name is not Vishnu or one of the many gods of the Hindus. But I reaffirm to you here again today that his name is Jesus. The Bible says, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. And so the Bible tells us exactly that. It says, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name what? Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Let me tell you that there is only one church in the world. It is scattered throughout the world. It's not in one location, but it is in every country in the world. But I remind you that his church is called by his name. If we were to get married in this day and in this time, there are some women who are professional women saying, I don't want to take the name of my husband. I want to keep my name. Well, Jesus said you can't change, you can't keep your name because you're going to take on my name, the name that is high above every other name. That's why the church is called after his name. That's why that's why the Bible says to repent and be baptized. Some of you in the name of no, 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 no. Come on now. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why do we take on the name of Jesus Christ? It's like two little old ladies several years ago in Oklahoma when I was preaching revivals. They came into the church and began to worship and pray, and I preached about baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I covered Acts 2.38 and then went to Acts 8.16, Acts 10.48, Acts 
Acts 19.5. Anywhere anybody was ever baptized in the Bible, even in your Bible, they were baptized. The word baptized comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means fully dip or immerse in water. That means you don't just uh, baptize somebody by sprinkling water on them because the gospel message is this, in fact, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And the Bible says that we that we die with Him. And if we die with Him, then we are buried with Him. If we are buried with Him, then we rise and walk in the newness of life with Him. That's why the writers sound, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And the preacher didn't say sign the card or join the church if you have enough money or shake the preacher's hand. He said, except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's why when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter, standing up with eleven, lifted up his voice and said, repent and be baptized, which means fully dip or immerse in water. Every one of you, how? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. Sins are not remitted in the name of John Doe. They're not remitted in titles Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They are remitted in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why in Acts chapter 2, he said, be baptized in his name. In Acts chapter 8, he said, baptize in his name. Acts chapter 10, baptize in his name. Acts chapter 19, baptize in his name. Somebody said, well, what about Matthew 28, 19? I'll take the words of Jesus when he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Let's look at it. Baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He did not say baptize in names, Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. But he said baptize in the singular name of the Father. All right now. Come on. Come on. Somebody, somebody's going to get this today. What is the name of the Father? Father's not a name. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name, and my Father's name have I declared unto you. And so what name did Jesus declare unto you? It was Jesus. What's the name of the Son? Everybody knows the name of the Son. It's not Buddha. It's not Allah. It's Jesus. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost is not a name. That's a title. He said, I will go away, but I will send you another comforter, and the comforter will come in my name. So the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. That's why the Bible says there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Amen, 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 amen. 
That's why the writer said in 2 Timothy 3.16, For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, and received up in the glory. He didn't say God's plural. He said one God. When you see Jesus, you see God. When you look in the face of Jesus, you look in the face of God. Why? Because there are not three. There are not ten. There are not a thousand. Hey, hey, hey. We do not believe in pantheism, polytheism, tritheism, ditheism. We believe in monotheism, that there is one God that was manifest in the man called Jesus that will save us from our sins. I'm glad I know about that name. I'm glad it's a name that is higher than any other name. I'm glad that when we go down, I'm glad it's more than a card signing, church joining, handshaking religion. I'm glad that it's a personal experience that we can go down in water and take on that name. What happens when you go down in baptism in water? It's not just a religious rite or ceremony. The Bible says that when you do that, your sins are washed away. Well, I don't understand that. Well, I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass to give white milk either. Well, I don't understand how your sins can be gone when you go down in water in Jesus' name. Well, you know what? I don't understand how these lights work either. But I don't have to understand how it goes back through a cord back to some place in the city, I'm back to some power plant somewhere. All I have to know is I'll go over and turn the switch on. Somebody needs to turn the switch on today when you look at the Word of God and recognize that you don't have to, to, to psychoanalyze everything. You don't have to put everything in a computer. But you look at the Word of God and see that somebody today has not here that has not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you today, you need to do yourself a favor and take on that name that is high above every name. Why? Because the church is called after His name. My, 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 my natural name is, is David, none of your business, Keller. My spiritual name is Jesus because the whole family in heaven and earth is called after that name. And I don't know why I'm staying on this, but when you go down in the name, you go down a sinner, you come up a saint, you take on the name and the power of the name because the Bible said whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ. I gotta get off of this and move on, but you know, when you pray over your, over your food, how do you pray? All right. When you pray for the sick, how do you pray? When you cast out devils, how do you pray? You don't do it any other way, the devils will jump on you. That's right. And so, let me move on. Not only does the church have his name, but the church has power in his name 
over diseases, over sicknesses, over afflictions. Don't take my word for it. Let's look at Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Now Peter and John, when they went up to the temple about the, ninth, about the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed of them, expecting to receive something from them. You know why churches in America are dying today? It's because people that are hurting, people that are afflicted, people that have a world full of problems are going to churches that are dead, dull, boring, dry, not receiving anything. They're looking to receive something. Let it never be said about this church that somebody can walk out and say, I never felt anything, I didn't experience anything, because they look on the church expecting to receive something, and I promise you they can get it in the church. And so, and so he said, look on us. And he gave, uh, expect, let me go, verse number six. Then Peter said, sounded like a Pentecostal preacher, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee, what, in the titles? No, in the name of John Doe, no, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple, doing what? Sitting down, folding his hands and saying, thank you, Jesus. No, it says he went into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. That's why we get happy around here. That's why we put our hands together. That's why we shout sometimes. It's because of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. Not only, not only is the church called by His name and heals the sick in His name, but demons are cast out in His name. Mark sixteen fifteen through 18, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized... Here we go again. Shall be saved. Don't scratch that out. Don't mark it out. Don't tear it out. Let's obey it. But he that believeth, uh, he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall what? Cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now you don't drink poison or or, or cyanide laced Kool Aid or take up uh, uh, snakes just to tempt God. But it means that if something happens, you can call upon the name that is above every name, and that name will save you. Can you say amen? And so, the church receives power in His name. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power, what? After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The church receives the power of the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? It is not simply something that you say, when I accepted Christ, 
then I got the Holy Ghost. It's not something that when you're baptized, you say, I received the Holy Ghost. We receive the Holy Ghost like they did in the Bible. The Bible says that this spake ye of the Spirit that you should receive that believe on Him. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then you'll do what they did in the Bible. Every place they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, what is other tongues? That's, that's not talking about languages that you've learned. Because the Bible says that, that they're at Jerusalem, that they were gathered all around. They're come round about. It says they were Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Fergia and Pamphylia, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. All of these 12 to 14 nations heard these Galileans speaking in their dialect or their language, and these Galileans had not learned that. That was the initial or the inception of the church. It's been that way throughout the church age for 2,000 years. You can call it glossolalia. You can call it fanaticism. You can call it emotionalism. But when are we going to get back to the Word of God and recognize that He will give us the like gift as He did them, the Bible says. And when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you do speak with other tongues, nobody has to come and tell you or ask you or tell you you've spoken tongues. You'll tell them that I've got something that changed my life and revolutionized my life and gave me a power resident with then. That is for us today. Now, I'm sorry. I know I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm topping the trees here today. But I'm just trying to help you to get a look at the church. And so, why else do we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? The Bible tells us that if the Spirit of Him, Christ, that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. That's why it is essential to receive the Spirit of God. Not just to have power over sin, which the Bible says that that is why we have it. It is not just to give us the joy and the peace and the righteousness in the Holy Ghost, it says, to live for God here. But I'm telling you, there's going to come a time that the Bible says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. Let me let me just break that down real simple here. Sister Shara, would you come, please? That means that soon, at the end of the Gentile era, which lasts approximately 2,000 years, it began on the day of Pentecost with the outpouring of God's Spirit. And the Bible says in the book of Hosea 
that he will revive Israel after two days, and the third day he'll live, that Israel will live in his sight. That saying, the Bible says, the day of the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years a day. Without going into a lot of prophecy, let me just, let it be suffice to say that around 2,000 years from when the church began on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that Christ is going to come back to this earth and catch his bride out. In other words, the Bible refers to in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Now they tell us that that's, that's about one-fortieth of a second. Faster than you can blink your eye. All of a sudden, the graves are going to burst forth of those that have been born again of the water and of the Spirit, like he says here. There is an old colored spiritual that that says the Lord went to Gabriel and says, Gabriel, pick up that trumpet and blow it. And it says that Gabriel put one foot on land and one foot on sea, lifted the trumpet up and said, Lord, how loud shall I blow it? And the Lord said, Gabriel, blow it so loud that you wake up the dead. And I'm telling you, when Gabriel sounds that trumpet, we may be in church. And then, in the twinkling of an eye, First, the graves will open. They'll come out. And then the Bible says, We which are alive and remain shall do what? Shall be caught up together. That means just as they get about where we are, our bodies will be changed. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. But some men will say, how are the dead raised up? I feel a spirit here today. Some of you are saying, I don't believe this. That's a choice. But let me read it to you. How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? The scripture says, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some of the grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him unto every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, and one star differeth from another star in glory. So also, here we go, is the resurrection of the dead. 
It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Stay with me. As is the earthy, so are they also that are earthy. And as it is heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as some have borne the image of the earthy, that's us, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. And here we go, verse number 51. Thank you for staying with me. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means we won't all stay in the grave. Mm. But we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This corruption will put on incorruption. And this mortal, this says, will put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, here we go, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to boo. All, uh, no, no, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm telling you, as you stand with us today, please, that's what the church is about. That's what the church is about. It gives you and I the hope and the promise today that if this body, if we were to die and this body slumbers in the cold, cold grave, it's going to be like going to sleep. And then all of a sudden you hear that trumpet sound. And all of a sudden, I don't care if you've been cremated. I don't care if your ashes were scattered over the ocean and the fish devoured some of them and the fowls of the air got pieces of them. When that trumpet sounds and I feel the Holy Ghost here today, that fish is going to be swimming along and all of a sudden going, "Mm, mm, mm, mm," and that bird is going to be going, spitting out body, parts of your body and your body is going to come together but not as a corruptible body but as a spiritual body and we're going to live forever in the presence of God. Come on, are you happy? Are you happy for the hope that you have in Him today? 
There is nothing else in the world that will give you that hope. Come on, education won't do it. Money won't do it. Degrees won't do it. Religion won't do it. But you can be raised and corruptible if you are born again of the water and of the Spirit here today. Now, I understand that about 25 or so have received the Holy Ghost in the last few weeks. Now, chances are there's some here today that have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And perhaps you've thought that gift is not for you. The Bible says, whosoever will. And the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. It's not how good you've been. As the pastor said, it's not where you come from. It's where you're going. And let me ask you here today before we close. If that trumpet were to sound today, would you go in the rapture? What happens, preacher, if we don't go in the rapture? Then you go into what is called the time of Jacob's trouble. Several years of great wrath of God and tribulation poured out upon this world. Rivers turned to blood. Fountains turned to blood. Hailstones weighing a 100 pounds apiece crashing to the earth. A third of the sea dying. It'll be devastation like the world has never known before or shall ever know again. And there is no way to be saved after that because you're a Gentile. And this is the times of the Gentiles. And if you are left here, then you suffer a horrible fate. That's not what I say. It's in your Bible. But God has given us a way out. When He said we can be born again of the water and of the Spirit. First of all, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to help you with that. The Bible says, first of all, we must repent of our sins. There are too many people accepting Christ today who have never repented of their sins. How do I repent, preacher? Repent means, let me give you the scripture, godly sorrow worketh repentance. That means you say, God, I'm a sinner. I was born in sin. I've done a lot of things wrong. And I want to get right. I... I, I'm going to ask you to forgive me, God. That means you're walking one direction, and repentance means an outward change of direction and an inward change of mind. That means you no longer do what you did. You don't steal and cheat and curse and lie and all of that. But you lay it down. And you turn about face. You say, God, I don't want to live that way anymore. That's why the Bible says, and I, 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 I try not to be too long here, but that's why the Bible says that some men's sins go beforehand and then some men's sins follow them to judgment. That means that even as a child of God, when and if we sin, and there's no man that has not sinned, we're all guilty before God. 
But it says, if any man sins, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That means a go-between or someone to plead your case. And you go to Jesus. He is the go-between, the propitiation. And so when we stumble and we fall and we make a mistake, we don't stay down. We simply come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I messed up again. And he's not going to say, well, you sorry, rascal. You messed up 15 times this month. No, now there's a difference. If you sin willfully, like some would say today, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Grace covers it all, so I'll go on and do what I'm going to do, and it'll be taken care of. No, no, no. No. This is not premeditated sin. But if you sin and you're smitten in your conscience that is in your spirit which is made up of again the the conscience and the communion and the intuition you feel horrible inside God place that there then you humble yourself and you say God forgive me I've sinned I've messed up the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins let me pause in the Holy Ghost right now and let me let me let me be so presumptuous as to say what I feel today. I believe that there is somebody here today that you have sinned. You've done something that you've never forgiven yourself for, and you can't get past that. I'm gonna tell you some men's sins go on before. When you come to God in repentance, you send those sins on ahead. And there is a great high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, that stands at the right hand of God. That means in position. And he sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat when that sin comes up. So when the devil comes before God that he does day and night, and he says, God, you see what your child did today. He's been living for you for years, and he messed up bad today. You see that. And God looks, and there that blood has been sprinkled on the mercy seat. And God turns back to the devil and says, I don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because the man that has sinned has already been on his knees and said, God, I messed up. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And that blood's already been applied. That's one of the beautiful things about living for God. And I don't have time to go into all that. But the Bible says that if you don't repent, and if you don't ask God to forgive you of your sins, and you're not born again, then your sins will follow you to judgment. That means when you stand in the great white throne of judgment, and the words great white throne means where man cannot stand, but where man will stand. That means you can't stand on your own. But when you're there, two angels will grab you up and hold you before God, and you will have to answer to God. And your sins will follow you to judgment. The saints of God won't be in the great white throne of judgment. They'll be in the judgment of that means when the rapture takes place, we're saved. We're in. And that's a great hope we have in Him today. Somebody here today doesn't have that hope. And we're asking you to come today and say, God, forgive me. 
a sinner. And then, if you'll raise your hands and have faith in your heart, He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost, which means He'll give you power to live above the sins that you couldn't live above before. Now, folks, you can't beat a deal like that. You can't beat a deal like that. So when we sing, play, I'm going to ask you all, well, maybe it's so crowded in here. Maybe there's somebody right now, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Maybe you've been feeling really bad about some things. And if you were to die today, you don't know if you'd be ready or not. And I'm going to ask you to do what I had to do and what others had to do or got to do. That's just simply step out of your pew. Come down and say, God, I need you in my life today. I need to repent. I need to be baptized. I need the Holy Ghost. As we sing. something here we're all going to come and pray and just because you come down to an altar and pray doesn't mean you're a bad person the altar belongs to the saints we just learn it we just loan it to the sinner to get saved don't we but we never get away from the altar now as we sing again i'm going to ask everybody to save the embarrassment of some here everyone that just wants to make sure I think there are three categories of people here. Some of you have never repented of your sins. You need to do that today. Please. Then someone needs to come to this pastor and say, Pastor, I've never, I've never been baptized. Would you baptize me today in the name of Jesus? And then some are going to say, I have never received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I'd like to have that today. As we sing, would you all come and let's pray one with another here today. Jesus in your
Would you reach over and pray with someone right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray for my brother and my sister.
of his spirit that's in this place hallelujah those that are responding to the holy spirit amen letting god minister to your life one more time let's lift up our voice one more time there are a few people that are right now opening their hearts to receive what god has for them that's what we came here for today amen for somebody to receive and respond to the holy spirit Hallelujah. So they wouldn't have to leave here the same way they came, but they can leave here changed today. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And as we heard very, very clearly today, that uh, we have this great opportunity and great privilege to have our sins forgiven and have the guilt removed. Amen. And if you've asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins today, you've laid those sins on the altar, you don't have to struggle with those feelings of guilt anymore because Jesus died to take those sins away and they're gone. Come on, somebody. Let's praise the Lord for that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we heard clearly today that the next step for a person who has decided to give their life to the Lord is to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's the reason we have this tank up here today uh, is to make it more convenient because if we didn't have the tank, we'd have to go find us a river or a lake or a, a stream or a swimming pool or a, or a big bathtub. But we've already got the water here. And if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to be baptized in the name of the Lord, we're ready. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. And uh, just come and let us know, hey, I, I feel like I'm, I'm ready to give my life to the Lord, and I want to be buried with Jesus in baptism. I'm giving Him my life. I want to be buried, and we'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing thrills my heart any more than seeing someone give their life to the Lord and be Baptize in water in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Spirit. How many are glad God washed your sins away? Amen. Come on, that's it. Give Him thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, and I just want to reemphasize that uh, uh, Pastor Keller used the Word of God to make clear to us today that water baptism is to happen in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, to take that step of faith to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, I was baptized years ago. I can't remember. It was a nice man. And... Uh, uh, it was uh, real. I was sincere when it happened. I, I want to challenge you to make sure you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. The only name that's able to save and wash away your sins. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I thank, I'm so thankful to see these that are taking steps of faith and drawing close to the Lord. And uh, uh, before we leave here today, I want to remind you again, of course, of our Wednesday night service where we're going to be gathering together 
and anticipating revival. Brother Howard hopefully will be with us Wednesday for sure. He'll be with us on Sunday. And uh, today, if uh, uh, you're visiting with us or if you're new to the church and you have no plans this afternoon or uh, you'd like to get together in fellowship with God's people, Brother Donnie, would you come and just share with us these opportunities? And if you are new and you're not a part of a life group and you'd like to uh, or, or you're the least bit interested in getting together with God's people this afternoon and this evening. Come see Brother Donnie as soon as this service is over with. Yes, please come and see me if you have any questions regarding our life groups. Um, I understand we did have one group of people meet last, this, uh, last uh, Saturday. They had an awesome time. Uh, they, I was told they had anywhere from 16 to 20 people in their uh, fellowship. And that's what it's all about. It's about connecting getting to know one another and growing in grace and growing in wisdom and growing in God. Amen? Amen. So this afternoon, there is a group of us that are going to be going to Payway. That's close by the church. Um, and that's a, it's a, it's a nice place to eat. And we're just going to be gathering there as, as, as a church body. And our, there's a couple groups meeting there. And so if you don't have a place to go, you know, please come and see me. I'll, co- I'll connect you somebody close to you geographically in your area. But remember, leaders and coordinators, get in touch with the people that are in your group. Uh, let them know. Give them any kind of information. Uh, let's have a good time. Let's have some fellowship. And it's just exciting to live for God, isn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, as I promised to you before, I will let you see uh, some of the things that we have. The first uh, thing that I want to share with you is our current plot plan. I think, Sarah, the, it's called parking. And if you can pull up the one that says parking, that's it right there. You guys can look at these and just pass them around if you want. This is just FYI to know where we where we uh, are right now in the process. A couple things uh, to note. works yeah this works the laser pointer here uh this corner right here um uh, because the uh uh, county of uh, los angeles is requiring us to either uh, to cut an angle or or do a rounded corner here uh, for visibility sake so um